Hi, I'm Alex Escobar, and welcome to Screw the Stock Market, where we'll explore the world of alternative investments outside of the stock market so we can change our lives, take control of our future, and find those coveted low-risk, high-reward opportunities for building wealth. Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Screw the Stock Market, where we talk about different ways to invest outside of the traditional stock market game. The whole point of it is to be able to take control of our lives and take control of our finances and and essentially to screw the stock market. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Mike Brennan, and he's going to talk to us about crypto. It's the first time we've had a crypto guest on. Aziz, what'd you think? You know me, you know, 2017, it's a perpetual trauma for both you and I when we got burned on cryptos, but I think he restored my faith. I don't know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and what he says, honestly, I'll say it right now. It seems too good to be true. It really, I'm just going to say it. It seems too good to be true. Yeah. And because yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it legitimately beats the stock market. If yeah. What he's saying is true. So, but listen to him, hear him out. Because one of the things that I think was really cool about this is he really broke it down to what is the actual value that is being created. And he talked a little bit about Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and stuff. But he's talking about a few other opportunities which are actually connected to real commerce, real life. And so for me, that was one of the things that's always been missing. It's just like, what is the value? What is actually here? And a lot of times when I've asked other people, they always say scarcity. Oh, you know, well, scarcity in and of itself is not of use to me, right? Like just because there's very little of something doesn't necessarily mean it's worth anything to me. It's not going to improve my life. And so, I mean, gold is a good example. Like, I mean, gold is shiny and pretty, I guess, but I don't care. Like it doesn't do anything for me, but I guess other people believe it has value and that's the value of it. Anyways, check it out. I hope you enjoy the show. It's really interesting at the very least, and it might be really lucrative if you make a move on it. So, and just to warn listeners, it kind of gets a little tech heavy at the beginning, but the second half is when we start talking about how you actually can make money investing and like, you know, crypto based mutual funds and things like that, where you can actually put your money in and could potentially see up to, you know, returns of 3% a week. Obviously, that's like, you know, a little bit on the higher end, but they said, you know, you could potentially see that 3% a week. Lower end. He actually said that's the lower end. Oh, that's true. He did say towards the lower end. So again, it sounds too good to be true. He seems to be, he's gotten it, claiming that that's what he's getting. Doubled his money in just five months. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, enjoy the show and hopefully you'll take something interesting from it. All right, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited, you know, from the beginning of this show, which is about alternative investments, things that are not, you know, things that are outside of the typical, you know, stock market, 401k kind of investing, mutual funds, anything outside of that. I knew that we would have an episode about crypto eventually, but it took a while. We honestly, we had to network quite a bit to find someone. And and so we're really excited to have you on. We got a million questions, but what we're going to do is we're going to just let you first just start maybe by introducing yourself, your background, and how you got to where you are. And then after that, we'll jump into the the technical like details of what crypto is and what the opportunity really is for us all. 
And I'll preface what Alex said about finding someone. It's not just finding someone, but also finding someone who is credible. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then, wait, there's tons of people that would claim to be crypto experts. I don't know if I would trust most of them, but yeah. yeah. I think everybody, it's like everybody's a drummer. So I, I started playing drums when I was five and, you know, longtime musician into electronics since early teens. We've been exporting audio equipment all over the world for decades now. I have experience in designing electronic circuits, RF circuits, high-frequency power supply, switching power supplies, that sort of thing. Obviously, that got me into computers early on. And fast forward some years, uh, 2009 rolls around, Bitcoin comes around, and I jump in on that because I, you know, I'm this leading edge. I'm always looking for the new things in tech and whatever. And I jumped in, and you know, two grand when the thing was like 65 cents a coin or whatever. And whatever that works out to, mom calculated it some time ago. And she's like, you'd have $111 million or something had it not been ripped off in the Mount Gox fiasco. At that time, mtgox.com was like, it was probably the only coin exchange, maybe even on earth. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it got maybe hackers broke in, maybe the government, who knows what happened to it, but all the money disappeared. And so that was my first really bad taste of crypto. And so I, you know, that's from early on. It soured me for years. $100 million, I would have burned something down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. It's a good story, but, you know, and, you know, in hindsight, I probably would have still done it. I mean, you know, what choice was there, right? At the time, I mean, you could go to Mount Ox or, you know, maybe put it into a wallet. But at that time, all this stuff was new. And, every, you know, every other person was like, you guys are, you're crazy. What are you doing? This is insane. You're gonna, it's a scam. You know, everything that, that we now know was completely wrong, you know, with all the detrimental stuff said about, Bitcoin, but it wasn't really Bitcoin. It was just the fact of, I think the exchanges weren't ready. And so like today we've got Coinbase and CoinZoom. And before we go into that, I'm just still curious what happened. So Mt. Gox was an exchange. It was like a website where you'd go and buy and sell and you'd like store Coinbase your Bitcoin, the day. like Coinbase. It, yeah, it's like coin. It's like any of these things now, but it was you know rudimentary. And I think it started out as a way to exchange characters in a like an online dungeon world or something. Like do these what do they even call them? Multi-user dungeons or something where you play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, like World online. of Warcraft. That kind of stuff. And and it was like a way you could capture your you know a storage place for your characters. And I guess you could trade the characters. So it started out as a toy. And then it got bought and sold and the thing ended up in France. And then the next thing I knew, you know, because the whole, you got to remember it in 2009, everybody was like, you're crazy. This is insane. This nobody knew, right? There was only a few of the tech people, the, the real hardcore tech people who got into it and some other people who maybe weren't so hardcore, but the thing was, uh, you know, it was just weird at the time. The whole thing about it was weird. And anyway, I think it ended up in France or something and then it got hacked or that, you know, somehow all the coins went away. Uh, you know, and honestly, I didn't really, it was like what, $1,500 or something at the time, you know, it was like, but almost when it, it got stolen, it wasn't a big deal. No, because it happened in 2010 or 2011. I didn't like, it didn't matter to me until like last two years ago, you know, mom said, you know, this thing is coming up. It's $65,000 a coin. What happened to all those coins you bought when, you know, we all told you you were an idiot. That's why they all got stolen. You know, it all got robbed. It's gone. So yeah, it happens. And ever met someone who's lost so much money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and it didn't like you said. You know, the value of it at the time it was okay. So maybe it was you know a few thousand dollars. It's still it was already out of my you know it, it moved from fiat currency out of my wallet into this you know cyberspace, and then it was gone. And so it really didn't make any difference to me. 
And so, you know, fast forward, you know, decades and I have started doing, you know, programming and, and Linux support and that sort of thing. And I'll just bottom to top, you know, networking and security and what have you for a number of different clients. And that's been fantastic. It's been a lot of fun creating the tech and being on the edge and developing the tools and developing the software. It's really been a huge amount of fun. So my long-term accountant and friend called me up, I guess it was about this time last year. And she told me, hey, I've got some other investors, you know, a couple of people that I've known for decades. We found this new thing called iHub, and which is based, it's a wrapper on top of Helium, which is an internet of things. It's the coin that drives the internet of things devices. And that's a whole other interesting thing. But what it did for me, see, it combined computers, crypto, software. It was brand new. It was cutting edge stuff. It actually started you know, years and years ago. 2013, I think, was when IoT really first began. And then Helium came on sometime after that. And iHub started about this time last year. So there's wrappers. There's these onions. It's like a giant onion. One thing builds on the next. And let me interrupt you for a second, Mike. For those of you that don't know what the Internet of Things concept is, it's basically like your smart appliances, your smart house. It's where everything is interconnected to the Internet. Exactly. And so what they're doing right now, or what they were doing until this IoT Helium network came into existence. And I think there's one in Germany called MXC, a competitor of sorts, and maybe some others. But the way it worked before was the refrigerator had to, in order to communicate its stats to the internet, it would have to have some sort of wireless capability or cell phone, a SIM card plugged in. Somehow it, it would you know, need an expensive, relatively comparatively expensive access to the internet. And really what Helium has done since 2013, and I guess it really got going in 2015. I, I don't remember the dates exactly, but it's recent, right? It's, you know, they're barely even 10 year old companies. What they did is they said, we're going to start making these modems. We're going to put these devices everywhere. So it'd sit like in Aziz behind your, you know, on shelf there by the window, you could just set a, you know, little minor device with an antenna on one side. And that would pick up dog collars, the lime scooters, the refrigerators and, you know, of everybody living nearby and, and offer and say, Hey, from this point, I can give you access to the internet. So literally it's just an internet gateway. And the equipment manufacturers put money into, they, they buy HNT, burn them into what's called data credits. So it's a, a transfer of money. I think of it as two wheels. There's an industrial system to this where the machines are operating and the manufacturers are buying the coins, transferring it. And on the other side, there's also a speculative component, which, which shares the HNT coins. And so the whole thing is really fantastic. It's technical. It combines RF, computers, security, and finance, and also the internet of things. And so for me, it was like a spark plug. For me, it was the Bitcoin 2.0. You know, it was like, wow, okay, I really love this. This is going to be fantastic. And so we sort of jumped in and we bought 150 miners, the group of us. There were 500. Sorry, I just want to stop you a second. So you mentioned HNT. Is that the coin? Is that HNT uh, is the coin? It's the coin of the Helium network. So that can be bought and sold anywhere, or you can buy HNT coins and burn them into data credits. If you're a manufacturer, you own. Say, if you're Samsung, they're buying HNTs, doing what they call burning them, turning them into data credits. And then the data credits are what their machines use, what the refrigerators use to when they talk to the modem. It's kind of like the river sticks where you have to put the quarters on the eye of the dead person okay. to get them to cross the river. You know, you have to sort of pay your way as you go. And, and that's what's driving this. That's what's driving the, the monetary wheel of this thing, which is really cool. I think they call it a, an industry coin or a utility coin. I think that's what it's called now, a utility coin. And anyway, that was the lightning rod for me. And we and had it's really a, interesting because this is like something that every appliance that's a smart appliance or a smart item of anything, you know, even a smart watch or smart 
fridge, TV, whatever, they all need to use this coin to function. And it's a different mindset because most people, when they think of crypto, they think of like, you know, these tokens that are created by random people just for their own benefit. But these are things that are actually created by large scale commercial companies to make their own products work. Yeah. And so the reason you're, you're benefiting from it, right? The reason why they're doing it, why Samsung is changing or has changed their refrigerators from using the SIM cards is because the IoT through Helium is about a thousandth of the price. So it's a monetary thing. This is a very real economically sound thing that's that's spinning the one wheel. And on the other side of the HNT axle, you can buy and sell the coins speculatively. But yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's very different from Bitcoin or any of these other things that are created out of thin air and are based on thin air and have this wild, you know, every day the graph is going crazy up and down, you know, 10 or 20%. HNT doesn't, it does have variants and it is a little wild, but it's not that wild because it is also serving this utility function that, you know, I mean, what are we at? Like 0.01 of what they're, what the manufacturers are claiming the, the number of devices that are, if it were up to them, every grain of sand would have a, you know, an IOT address. And, you know, I mean, I hope it doesn't get that insane because there are some other aspects to it that where we would not want that to happen. But in general, it's like you said, it's very different from Bitcoin and, and there's a utility to it. And that was one of the major things. It's, you know, looking back at, at Bitcoin, you know, I can just, it really kind of was nuts. You know, the whole thing kind of was insane. And, you know, I guess that's why I'm not really so, you know, upset about it. It's more of like a good story point for when I kind of laugh about it, you know, but IoT was really what became for me the, the next lightning rod, you know, and we're still, we're pressing on with that company. We're still doing things with the iHub. IoT, then there's the Helium on top of it, and then iHub on top of that, which adds an MLM aspect, which is something I had done way back when I was a teenager, you know, the serial entrepreneur thing. Oh. I had gotten involved with water filters and NSA water filters and that sort of thing. And you'd tell two friends and they tell two friends and everybody gets a little piece of, you know, this pie. And Amway is another thing that's like that. A lot of these things, people write them off instantly as pyramid scheme or whatever. Well, the problem is, or what's the other word they use? There's another name for it. Anyway, in a pyramid scheme, the people who come on later are paying for the people who came on initially. And the I'm always looking for these for the opportunity where there's actual work or some economic benefit being generated. It's not just you know taking from Peter to pay Paul. And really with the IoT thing. It was the miners and the work of doing the mining and doing the gateway, the connecting the scooters and that sort of thing to the internet. That was the work that was being in, input into this. And so it wasn't that the people involved were, you know, in a pyramid scheme. It was actually, it was a pyramid, but what was feeding it was actually the machines doing the work and, and paying the people. And so it was very, and still is very interesting because of that. You'd have but, to essentially get rid of all of the appliances on the planet for the, the coin to lose value. I mean, yeah. I think so. I mean, it's been declining, you know, pretty consistently, but there's, I mean, there's some other like crashing and wiping out completely. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be there. There is a, you know, maybe it'll go down to a, a dollar. I think last time I looked, it was $13 at one point last year, it was 66, I think was the peak that it hit in, in November. I don't pay too much attention to it because number one, it would drive me crazy. But you know, number, number two, we've got these, you know, 150 boxes out there mining and doing work for us. So it's just like a little money generator. It's really, you quite didn't nice. buy the coin you bought. We you bought, bought the, the machines that actually the gateways, the modems that would sit, you know, behind you in your window. And now this company, iHub, it's not NTFX.org, but it's the number four IHUB.org. That's our, you know, our kind of supports our people coming into the iHub adventure with tutorials and information, that sort of videos, that sort of thing. That piece of it was, 
I guess we jumped on as what the, into what they call the VIP program, and we bought 150 miners. And, and what ended up happening is we would have to put them like Aziz at your place. We would say, hey, we'll sponsor one at your place, and we'll split the revenue with you. And then once the chip shortage, man, that was a big fiasco too. That threw a big monkey wrench into this whole IoT thing. And still to this day, they just started, I have just started shipping the bulk of miners. So we got in early on this project last year, about this time last year, and have placed these miners everywhere, you know, all over the country and sometimes in different countries. And, you know, they're earning, the earnings have been declining as, as more miners come online, everybody splits the pie. If you have somebody across the way in that building behind you, they've got one. Now there's two devices competing. So the money gets cut in different ways. And there's a whole mathematical model behind this that the guys at Helium have figured out and the people at iHub are sort of wrapping as an onion. But yeah, we didn't buy the coins. We, we bought the machines that earn the coins because they provide the service of connecting the devices to the internet. Now, how lucrative is that? Because I know with the with a lot of these mining machines and like the connection machines, electricity is a big component. I hear that's one of the things that destroys profits a lot of times. Right. So, so at the, the end of the day, how does that impact so you and how lucrative the, is it? The traditional miners where you're using the video cards, they have these mining farms and this, these big buildings. Those are hugely expensive, but it's my understanding too. I never really got into that. That didn't really interest me. That sort of happened to me from 2010. You know, that's kind of that dark period where I wasn't really paying attention and and everybody seemed to have become, you know, these professional miners and buying these special machines. And I ignored it. It, it had no interest to me. What's interesting about these boxes, and I don't know if I have one sitting around, but I mean, it's literally, it's like, here's an SPA. This is a little phone. It's not much bigger than this. I mean, it's about this size, maybe two of these high. And there's an antenna that sticks off an internet cable. You know, it's very small, runs five watts. So you'll pay like $20 a year. And it just sits there 24-7, you know, and answers these queries. And, you know, like I said, a gateway between the, the scooters and the internet. And you make a small percentage off of that. Now, the Helium, it's, it's kind of one of these things, you know, build it and they will come. The, the Helium has pushed, they've done what are the proof of coverage, I think is what they call it. They're rewarding proof of coverage. And so they have this scheme that pays you when you put miners in new places far enough away that they provide new coverage, far enough away from other miners. Like if you put 50 miners in one place and you're in your apartment, it would be senseless. You'd want one there, one about at least 300 meters away, probably not more than three kilometers away. So they're trying to sort of build the network and spread it out without causing everybody to stack all in one place and without creating lone wolves where you've put a miner in, you know, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, it doesn't make any, on an island there, what would it serve? And so it's this push to spread, provide proof of coverage. As that's being done, there's another piece to it too, the proof of coverage, but they're also now going to start rewarding the use of the network through payments. You get a percentage of the data credits. You get, you get once you get your miner in place or your series of miners and people start to use them, the Lime scooters, the Samsung refrigerators, the data usage comes on, you're getting a share of that too. And so the, it, there's these multiple interacting, interacting systems. And that's really fascinating too. And there's white papers about it, you know, from the Helium Network guys. They have some really fascinating information and some YouTubes about it that are really good too. And all of that, just I was riveted, right? And then add to that RF meters. I started making so an antenna is a big component to this. The devices ship with you know just a rubber duck antenna, just one of those you know six or eight inch black standard antennas on any Wi-Fi router. Everybody's familiar with them. They bend ninety degrees. That works okay. But if you put up a better antenna, you get better results, longer reach, better clarity, better signal-to-noise ratio, improved performance, and therefore your money-making potential goes up. So here I come, you know, buying my. This gave me an excuse to get into high-frequency 
research. And that was 2.4 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz, the pulse shaping, the shielding, the, the parabolic mirror. We've tried all these different things now within the last year because of, you know, so that's just been a passion of mine. And it just really touched, like I said, all these things sort of came together in a big flashpoint. Now, you mentioned, Mike, that, you know, this is like a huge money-making opportunity in that context. But like, what's the type of range people can expect to be making off something like? Is it lucrative enough to make it worthwhile for the average Joe to just be like, I'm going all in on this? It can be. You can buy these things now for off of eBay. You know, if you don't want to take part in the MLM part, in the MLM scheme where you tell to friends and everybody shares in this pyramid of earning, you can go out and, and do your own thing just buying them off eBay. So 500 to $1,500 is the last time I looked, the last price range I saw. And we've seen earnings anywhere from $0.60 cents a month all the way up to $6,000 a month from one, one device. Now, the $6,000 per month, you know that was a ham radio installation 150 feet up on the tower. I think it was called Huge Citron Seahorse. You can probably still find that on explorer.helium.com. You type in Huge Citron Seahorse, and it's a guy who's... Uh, running 100 foot ham tower at his house over on you know in the Appalachian Mountains and he happens to have this line of sight coverage of the DC metropolitan area and so he gets a lot of payment for coveraging for what they call proof of coverage now that's being changed over the since that was about this time last year 6 grand a month from one miner on this tower in probably you know western out near route 81 in the mountains west of DC since then a series of changes to the network, many, many other miners. Like when we got in, there were 18,000 miners around the world, and now there's over 700,000. And so it's been in one year, you've had this enormous, you know, leapfrog of growth, and that's cut into earnings. There's been a lot of you know, the network's down, it's overloaded, you know, a lot of lost days, just, you know, the typical growth things as anybody in tech, uh, you know, understands. But I would say that that $6,000 one, I haven't checked him. It'd be interesting to see what he's doing. He's probably down to $60. So, you know, there was definitely a period of time during the last year where it was possible to get thousands of dollars. For, and there probably still are examples where people are earning, earning thousands, but that's not the norm. The norm seems to have come down to 60 or even $6. And it just depends on, you know, the antenna placement, the type of antenna, how many other people are around you. And like I said, you want to always kind of be on that that leading edge of spreading the network, because that's where right now, most of the money, most of the rewards are coming from. Eventually, imagine if you could have a great antenna up on the roof there on the corner, in the corner apartment there, Aziz, you know, just right outside the door, you know, so you don't have the impedance of the glass adding to it. You have a nice little antenna, unobstructed view. And let's say you're, you and one other person are there in the complex and there's what, two or 300 refrigerators, two or 300 toasters, two or 300 water meters, you know, all these different items. And that's just, you know, imagine the TVs and, you know, things are coming on more and more over the years. So five years from now, maybe that $6 comes back up to 60, 60, who knows, right? It's the whole thing's a big gamble. But I think I asked, answered your question. Six, about six to six thousand is what we've seen. It's kind of more f- of the long game. The more appliances and that you can capture with your antenna, the more absolutely. you make. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I think you've done a really great job of explaining the technical side of it. Would you mind sharing more a little bit about the MLM side of it and just kind of how that works? That gets a little more confusing because when we started, that would be the easy part. No, no, no. With with iHub, well, there's been so many different plans now, I and mean, so many different because you've got IoT, then you have the helium, and then on top of that, the other part of the onion is this iHub thing. And 
there's been so many adjustments. When we got in, it was the idea was you'd pay $500 to, you know, for each of these devices to become a VIP owner. And then you would tell your friends and each one of them would have the opportunity to, to pay $500 and get their and own their own miner. Now they wouldn't necessarily be a VIP seat, but they would have an early adopter box. And that at the time when we started meant pay, pay the 500 once, and then you can continue earning. Now that's been changed so many times you know, honestly, we stopped paying attention to it along the way. And as the MLM aspect of it got more and more complicated, we just sort of said, you know what, and this is actually what drove us to look at the next things I'll tell you about Hyperverse and Novatech. It's a sort of, you know, it was a great starter and then, but too many changes and too much changes too quickly sort of pushed us onto the next things. And so honestly, it was probably, I would say midsummer last year that we stopped really paying attention. And we said, you know what, as a group, we're just going to have our 150 miners out there. We're going to help our friends and anybody who wants to host this for us and try it out, you know, so you don't have to throw down 500 to see if it's going to work or not. We'll be glad to send you one and with a good antenna, you know, the right cable, tell you how to do it. You take pictures of your place so we can do an eval. Hey, you want to be outside of that window and not next to that metal grate that, you know, the metal screen, you know, just basic tidbits to get started. That's kind of the approach that we've taken. So we've really sort of stepped back from the MLM aspect of that. But iHub has pressed on and they are going crazy with it. They're now shipping tens of thousands of units, apparently, every month. And so the MLM plan, as I understand it now, is you can come on board. There's a monthly fee and it's still the reward of you tell two friends and and so on. So you can come on as a consumer, a user, a hoster, or you can come on as an affiliate and, you know, sort of build the business that way. And again, it's not a pyramid scheme that where, you know, in a detrimental sense, it is a pyramid, but the machine, but what's actually generating the wealth in this thing are the individual miners. You know, it's not I like I'd a really put important distinction. Yeah. It's huge yeah. because it They're is pyramid. together. It's the power of the pyramid, but it's not a scheme. It's not like a bad, we haven't been burned by it. Nobody that we know has been burned by it. Every machine that we have out there is earning, right? Nobody's lost anything. You know, we've taken the big risk of, you know, the $500 each. So I guess if, if there's any loss, it's not really a loss. It's just that our payback is, you know, coming over years. And so, you know, we're going to ride this thing out. And, and meanwhile, if I don't know if you guys want to step into the next thing, but our tech people, we're hearing about all kinds of fun stuff like Hyperverse is another huge thing. Apparently, it's majorly owned and controlled by the fellow who is also major owner and controller of Binance. So this is, you know, these are top players in the world who are setting this thing up. And really what, what Hyperverse seems to be is like an ecosystem where you can buy in, bring your fiat dollars, your fiat Swiss francs in into Bitcoin. And then once you're inside the system, you transfer from Bitcoin into Wu uh, or HU coins, HU coins in this system. And then you can basically exist in this digital realm of finance only. You don't have to keep going out to different fiat currencies. Like your building might accept HU coins. The local delivery place for food might accept HU coins. The repairman down the street might might accept it. That's their plan. They have this this giant plan of bringing the world. You know, instead of being on all these multiple fiat currencies, hey, let's bring everybody into a digital ecosystem where there's one coin and it makes sense. And you know, you could. I guess that goes along with the Alipay and the sort of things that they're doing in China, apparently, where you know everything is driven off the phone and it's they're trying to digitize everything or like the removal of rupees or whatever in India. You know, the physical yeah. coin is being pushed out. And we know that's part of the New World Order scheme that's, you know, touted here and there. I Parts don't... East Africa as well. I know Kenya, for example, they use the M-Pesa phone uh, payment system for everything. It's huge. It's huge. And 
it's great in some ways, but I think that's also kind of, you know, it's a merry way along to a trap, you know, they can literally just flip a switch now. Hey, you got no coins today. And then the next thing is social credit. You got no coins because you said this or because you went on and looked up this thing. You know, it's a net, right? We're all getting trapped in this stupid net. And so I think it's important to be aware of that, but you know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is going to happen. I mean, we clearly, we can see it. So Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this hyperverse. And so they're backed by this big time player in the crypto world. And their goal is to essentially replace all of the currencies or, or at least compete with all of the worldwide government physical currency. currencies. Yeah, yeah, fiat. Yeah. And that seems to be the case. And so, I mean, that sounds a lot like what I heard about Bitcoin, right? Hey, it's a coin, it has value. And with Bitcoin, that hasn't been the case because I don't know if it's the volatility. I don't know what's going on with Bitcoin, where in in practice, very few people actually exchange it as a currency for goods and services. People tend to keep it more as a store of wealth, right? Uh, It's become more of a replacement for gold, whereas gold used to be where people used to deposit to kind of preserve their money. They're switching out of gold into Bitcoin instead, even though Bitcoin is still volatile, but it's still considered a safe uh, investment, considerable to similar to gold nowadays. I think it's one of those cases where it's good to be first, but it's also damning to be first. And so they were the first ones to get in. It was you know, the first cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. And so really, what does that actually mean? It doesn't mean ecosystem. The ecosystem is something different now, and that seems to be what HU is. And maybe they're going to own that. I don't know. There's so many other opportunities. There's tens of thousands of coins now. and So there is something different with HU. So they have the same or maybe a similar goal. Tell me more about this ecosystem then. What is different here than what we had in Bitcoin? I think maybe Bitcoin was a little bit too decentralized and maybe there's maybe a little bit more control, a little bit more purpose, a little bit more definition of who's in the realm and who's out of the realm with the HU. If I summed it up, I I would say that. How is it better than Ethereum? Because I thought, so for me personally, I think I mentioned to you before, before we caught onto the uh, podcast here that both Alex and I got burned back in 2017 when we first got our feet into the crypto world. We started off with Bitcoin and we should have just stopped there and stayed with Bitcoin. But then we started getting a little overly excited and greedy and went into all these altcoins, Ripple, Lumen, and I don't even remember just any random term or word you can think of. And we sold all of our Bitcoin to buy all these altcoins and then we just got burned horribly. So now I do have some crypto positions in my portfolio, but I stick specifically with Bitcoin and Ethereum just because those are the most stable, in my opinion. And Bitcoin, because as I said before, it's treated like gold nowadays. You know, it's safe, secure, just kind of put it in there. And then Ethereum is what I thought was going to be the big thing that kind of got used more on a day-to-day basis. At least that's the way I understood it. It's the more practical coin. It's being used for NFTs. It's being used for all sorts of other things. So that's why I felt comfortable with that as well. I'd never heard of HU until now, so I might look into that also. But but how's it different from Ethereum in that context then? Well, I think to me, I mean, the two things that struck me about Ethereum, well, three things. It was an early on piece as far as my awareness. The second was that guy Vitaly just blew me away. You know, I watched some of his early presentations and it's like, wow, okay, this guy is like out there. He's way out there. And then the third thing that oh, well, I imagine, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's making this stuff happen. It's incredible. It's, you know, kudos, kudos, right? The third thing is that going back to the the Unix and the programming aspect, it's a way to capture contracts. It's, you can write procedures and capture those procedures. I guess technically you could do that in a blockchain. I don't know that you could do it in Bitcoin. So it's kind of like somewhere in between. You know, it's the contracts that are turned into digital digitized 
you know, into whether it's a stream of characters or some shape like an NFT, a picture or whatever. And then that particular thing, the coding is attached with the preceding hash. And then the whole thing is rehashed and that becomes, you know, so the way the blockchain works ties everything in together. I think having that aspect where you can embed different pieces, that was, to me, that's really, if I had to say one core thing about Ethereum, that would be it. And it, of course, it's a little bit less volatile and maybe it takes a little longer or maybe sometimes shorter, you know, the transfers, the blockchains to update. But I didn't really get too much into those. Again, that was in that period where I was still sort of, you know, suffering the the loss from all the all the Bitcoin. I just sort of ignored it all. I figured, it, you know, it would come back around when, when I was ready for it. And it did with the IoT and the HNTs. And then that, like I said, the MLM part of that sort of pushed me to Hyperverse and to look into the HU. And then meanwhile, our partner in, in this mayhem, a fellow named Dr. Bruno Mazzali, he's a, he's a very interesting character. He's out there looking, talking, social butterfly, talking to people all the time. So he came across this thing called Novatech FX. And this Novatech is a fantastic thing because to me, they don't represent themselves this way, but my take on it is they are a mutual fund for Forex and crypto. And so by letting them trade your, by becoming a member, you can do it several ways. You deposit a certain amount of money, however, you know, they'll take however much, I think $100 minimum and probably 100000 you know, towards the top end. I jumped in with $10,000, you know, just started right up just the day before Christmas. And this is, you know, Bruno brought it, brought us this opportunity last September. We evaluated it, looked at it, and we sort of watched and then jumped in. And I think I've put in since Christmas, maybe another $10,000 total. So 20, maybe 25,000. I, I don't really pay attention. Again, it's kind of a long play, but they pay weekly, 3% a week. They don't, they haven't missed a payment. And it's, and on average, it's been 3% every week since Christmas. And so that 25,000 has just crossed 54,000. And it's there's, insane. it's unbelievable. I'm not watching the Bitcoin on a daily, but they do that. They trade it for me. And so they have a, a group of expert, you know, investors or whatever, probably, you know, youngsters who can tolerate that kind of, and maybe even feed off of that and enjoy that kind of volatility and wildness. But that would, I mean, I would go crazy if I had to watch that stuff. So they, they explained that they've got a, a team of people and they also use what they call AI systems or AI bots. And I had no idea about any of this stuff. When, when I was taking economics classes at University of Maryland, they had a professor come in and he was saying, yeah, you can't just ignore 4X. Don't even look at 4X. Don't get into 4X. That's the foreign exchange market. Well, it turns out that the foreign exchange market dwarfs the stock market. And so there's like trillions and trillions of dollars every single day. Just you know, So you trade Swiss francs for dollars, dollars for yen, all these different currencies just blipping all around all the time. And what's happened is this has now become automated and it's gone. It's been, you no longer have to be a huge bank to do this or a huge financial institution. You can jump on board with Novatech at ntfx.org. That's a good gateway in. And what they do is they've got a team of people who are trading for you and they're also running these AI bots, the software that watches these minute differences and will jump in with a $10 million, $100 million, whatever amount and play off of those little tiny differences, 10,000, 100,000 trades a day. I mean, no human can do that, right? They, they just sort of guide, hey, we know today's too volatile, so we're going to shut everything down. No trading today for us. Tomorrow, we turn everything back on, get the things running. And here's, oh, we're noticing here's a little difference. Here's a little difference. Let's throw some money in this. And, and so really, the humans are guiding these robots. And the robots go out and you know do 10,000 trades a second, maybe. I, I don't know. They're going crazy earning money. Now this money comes back into the trading. The, I guess there's four major trading accounts at, at Novatech, and they divided them amongst all the people. 
And so they take a share off the top and then all the remaining amount, I think it's 70, 75% of the remainder is distributed among, I guess there's 300,000 accounts now, last time I checked on Novatech FX. And so some people are in for a hundred bucks. I'm in for, you know, right now, 54,000. I know people who, who have joined under my downline are in multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so every week, like my friend, Joel, the, one of the early guys that I got on, he's just crossed a hundred thousand, a hundred and ten thousand dollars last week. So every week he's making, he's being paid $3,300 and this it's happening. It's real, right? It's, you know, 3% a week. So I calculated this people who get it are getting it, but not everybody understands it that way. I told my friend Eleni two days ago, okay, if you put in $5,000 for five years and you do these weekly reinvestments, you'll end up with $10.8 million at the end of five years in in your, your bonus account, your, your account. So, you know, the catch for everybody's a little different, but, but the 3% a week without fail, they haven't missed a payment in the existence of the company is, is my understanding. I know that they haven't missed a, a payment since Christmas. And I know my average gain every week is 3%. And I don't have to deal with Bitcoin or worry about Ethereum or anything. They let them do that. They want to do it. They're good at it. They're making money at it. And they're going to, you know, they'll pay me to use my money. And there's an MLM aspect on top of this too. So now I'm telling you guys and we're telling everyone else and, you know. We're going to share the link. It's just, I mean, the sky's the limit, man. (laughs) If you as a real person that I know and I see did not tell me that you had personally experienced this. I would have said, there's no way. 3% every week, that's ridiculous. It's impossible, right? Yeah, they're just going to, I mean, it's like one of those like social security scams about to happen. (laughs) Right, right. And there's a lot of, you know, baloney on the downtroddenness on the internet about it, just like everything. And I guess my response is, well, you go on doubting and you go on, you know, being Mr. Negativo and I'll go on collecting my checks every Friday, you know, collecting the payments every Friday. And this whole thing is a huge risk. I mean, you know, (laughs) I guess I look at it like it's no more risky than just buying Bitcoin. And in fact, to me, it seems a lot less risky. And I like the fact that there's consistent gains. And I mean, you've seen consistent gains every week for the last, what, like eight, nine months now? Well, 18 weeks. So four, five months since Christmas. Five months, yeah. 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 That's when I jumped in. And, you know, the company has been going since 2019. And I've, you know, done my due diligence, looked into who the people are, who's running it, listened to the videos, their intentions, you know, and, it looks and sounds nice, but you know the whole thing could just like with any crypto, it could fall all fall apart and go away tomorrow. I mean, it's a huge risk, right? It's risky everywhere, no matter what you do. But so far, this thing has been great, and everybody I know has been making money doing it. It seems to be working. And again, it's one of these things where. So, I, okay, here's a good example. I was going to bring this up as one of my talking points here. I introduced it to a uh, construction fellow and uh, a friend in Northern Virginia, and he said, "Well." I'd get in, but I can't figure out who the losers are. If somebody's winning, somebody else must be losing. And, you know, where's the money being generated from? And so I'm not super familiar with what's driving the Forex market, but everybody knows the currency values change all the time. They're moving around all the time. And that's the thing that's traded 24-5. So they take the weekends off. Crypto, on the other hand, is, you know, 24-7. The markets there just go on all the time. And so I think there's actually, there's two different systems and these guys are playing both of them, putting some money here, some money there and doing the tens of thousands of trades. And it's probably the same kind of mentality. They're watching for differences. One of the differences I'm certain of, I know that the Helium network, they're what are called oracles, price oracles. And so there's nine of them, I think, that are identified publicly. You don't know who they are, but you know they've released their ID numbers publicly. 
and so you know there's nine of these things and so you can ask okay what's the price of HNT what's the price of HNT and so you're asking the guy in China and you're asking the one that's near South America and you're asking the one near Australia well they're all going to have slightly different prices anybody involved in distributed networking knows you can't have the same thing exist everywhere all the time there's always a trade off there's always some small difference and what these bots seem to be doing i don't know but i think what they're doing is saying hey here's a tenth of a difference between australia and new mexico let's throw a million in here because we think you know so they take a chance and now that tenth of a penny times a million becomes oh here's a $10,000 gain in 1 minute and let's do that 10,000 times over and over and over and over and so i guess what i'm saying is it appears to me that like the same way that the miners are doing the work and, and feeding this pyramid, what seems to be feeding the, the Forex and crypto pyramid in this scheme is not that it's ripping people off. It's that it's taking advantage of these price differences, which natural are inherent to the network. And so I don't really know who the losers are in this equation, except the people who don't play it. And I'd sure love to, you know, maybe somebody knows, right? Maybe somebody else can explain that. That's super interesting because, yeah, I actually met a guy a few years ago who was a programmer for one of the big investment banks. And the way he explained his job was exactly this. He's like, I designed the system for this bank to play this game and compete with the other banks. Hmm. And the way he said it, the way he explained it to me was a big part of what has turned me off about the stock market. He said, (laughs) you can't play in this game. You are a nobody, Alex. You don't have the resources to hire an IT expert like me, and you will never be able to take advantage of the things that we know. The game is rigged against you, you mere mortal. And so I said, okay, well, that seems like an unfair game where I'm set up to lose if I'm investing in the stock market. And what you're saying is it seems like these people are doing something very similar. Yep. They've turned it around. And they're letting me in on the game. They're letting me yep. in on the this rigged system, which seems to be working. And that's one thing I know about banks is that essentially they don't lose. They set up a system so that they win. Yeah. Who's Um, got the biggest buildings in town, right? Always the banks. Yeah. I'm curious what kind of building Novatech has, but (laughs) me too. (laughs) They seem to have moved their headquarters here and there, but you know, it's again, I think they're trying to stay under the radar, try to stay small and, you know, agile. That's my take on it. If they're going to share their earnings with us and kind of let us in on that, that is interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like this whole time that, you know, we've been writing back and forth for maybe about a month or two now trying to get this call together. And when you explained it, I think this was the part I was left wondering. I was like, where does this money come from? Right. And I think I'm starting to get it a little bit. So thank you. That's really exciting. And yeah, what we'll do is we'll share our link. So I'm under you, Mike, Mm -hmm. and we'll share the link. And so We're going to try MLM. You know, we brought you on as a crypto guest, but you're also an MLM guest. And so (laughs) tell us a little bit. I mean, I think you've also shared kind of your philosophy about when an MLM is good and I guess when it's not a scam, right? And it's essentially tying it back to some real value being created. Where is that value being created? Whether it's a good product or whether it's machinery that's actually creating some value. If it's ripping people off, what's the point? I mean, that's going to explode or implode, right? If if people are losing, it's I'm looking for the win-win stuff. And I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm not verifying any of this stuff. It just feels and it looks and it seems like it's a good thing. And everybody I know that's getting involved with it shares the same view. And that's, you know, nobody's been able to take it apart. I haven't, there's a lot of negative crap on the internet about it, but nobody's really said, well, this is, you know, here's why it's going to fail, or here's the exact problem of it. It's just a bunch of, you know, opinion and baloney. 
And like I said, meanwhile, everybody who jumps in, you know, with a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever, they, you know, pocket their money and they're happy every Friday, every Friday is a payday with this thing. And so Aziz, maybe you want to get in under uh, Alex there, you know, get your piece going too. But uh, <laughs> You sold me on a, that 3% per week. That sounds interesting. On average. I mean, there was one couple of weeks right after I got in, there was 1.75 and then 1.85, but there've also been, you know, three, 4% earners too. And so the average is, I think the technical average is 2.95% gain a week. So I roll it up. I mean, that beats the stock market. Uh, Everything. Right. I mean, I haven't, if anybody knows, you know, what can beat this? Yeah, it's huge. I think I calculated that any amount doubles within six months. So you know how to do that math. It's called the calculator site.com. You can run it on there. And I have some examples on ntfx.org where I've, it's just a screenshot of the calculator site.com where I've said, okay, 5,000 for five years at 3% a week gives you 10.8 million. 500 for, you know, three years at 3% a week gives, you know, 50,000, whatever it is. You can plug in whatever numbers you want, you know, how much you want to put in the 3% on average. Or if you want to say, hey, there's no way we're going to run it at 2%, you can adjust the numbers right there on the screen and, you know, play with it all day long. And, it's just, I don't know anywhere else where these numbers come back. I mean, I guess you have to be a bank to get these kinds of things. Now I, yeah. I have, I have talked to um, some of the traders and and there's one fellow in particular in Hawaii where he was showing me some gains that he's made playing in the NFT market. And there was one case, you know, it's again, it's a spreadsheet of thousands of trades. And he's like, I want to show you this one. And it was about a three second period and he made $5,400. And then there was an, and this is in the Forex market. And then another one was like a 30 second trade or maybe it's a minute. I can't remember, but it's short, like these short little, you know, like sniping. It's like they'll go in and snipe this thing. And he made like 17 grand on this trade. And so if you do that enough time and you come out, you know, with these winning calls at more times than the losers, then, you know, I mean, it's, I guess that's fun, you know, and some people could do that, I guess, just sitting there manually doing it. But what really excited me was when you join Novatech, you also get access to their MetaTrader software. They're their own broker in this Forex market. They're their own bank, Alex, what you were talking about before. And you can run their client on your Windows machine or your Mac and install these trading bots that can actually do, you can become your own trader, your own day trader with AI assist or whatever, and do your own thousand trades a second or 10,000 trades a second. And then you'll pocket, you know, all of the money for that, you know, but you'll also pocket all the loss. And so my so understanding different is different than their normal product where they manage it for you. This is on yeah. top of that. You also have the ability to, to correct, take control. Correct. correct. And the videos by the president, Miss Cynthia Pettyon, she says that it's the same software, the same portal, everything's the same. You can run your own thing manually, or you can let, a, let our experts do it. You can put your money into this pool, into this mutual fund pool. We'll trade it for you. She said that they've built in uh, stop loss mechanisms, uh, proportional trading. So then the whole thing is never all at risk at once. And they've never said it, but I've never heard anybody say that they've lost any of their initial, what they call the trading account balance. So you put in a thousand dollars and from what I've seen, it never goes below a thousand. Now she does say that some weeks they may discontinue trading, you know, for the whole week, it could happen. It hasn't happened yet, apparently. And she said in that result, in that case, the result gain for that week would be zero, but it wouldn't be negative. So they have protections for the trading accounts. And so really the way they run it is that you put the money into the trading account and then the, the gains from that week are added to your bonus account. And you have to go in manually every week and 
add your, it's not an investment that you resubmit, you add your bonus account back to your trading account. So you can go from, let's say you put in a hundred, a week later, you have $3, you add the three to 103. The next week you're at 103.3 or 103.30 cents. And, you know, or let's say you put in a hundred thousand dollars, right? So the, the first week you'd be at approximately $3,000 gain in your bonus account. You add 103 to the 100, you get 103 for the second week. One The gain 3% on 103, 103,000 is 103,300. So you get the idea. It scales up approximately from what I've seen. And again, you know, I don't think I'm an expert at it, but this is just, you know, my own experience of friends I brought in underneath. And as far as I can tell, the thing is working great. And I don't see who's being hurt or who, you know, where the loser is or in any of this stuff. And really, I have to say that it's a pretty far cry from the days of Bitcoin when I was, you know, watching the, you know, kind of going crazy with things. So, well, Mike, thank you so much. One last thing I'll say is, do you have any, you know, for our audience, if anyone wants to reach out to you, do you have any email or website where you'd like to send people so that they can communicate and engage with you? Sure. NTFX right there, lower left corner there, ntfx.org, M-Y-K-L at ntfx.org. You can email me directly. Okay. I'd be glad to tell you about it and answer any questions. Okay. Thank you. Do you have any last words of wisdom for, for the audience? Onward and upward. And yeah, watch, be careful of investing directly into the cryptocurrency crypto pieces. I, that's not a game that I would personally get into. You just actually reminded me of something else, Alex. The, sure, sure. My understanding is that when you become involved, you put money into the trading account, you're not actually technically investing directly in crypto. And so I guess that matters for some people, particularly maybe government workers or what have you. You're not allowed to, for whatever rules or regulations, you're not allowed to own specific stocks or specific cryptos. My understanding, probably want to check with the lawyer on this, but my understanding is that getting into this mutual arrangement of having the money traded for you, it's out of your control. You're not technically a buyer or a seller of any one particular coin. So that may matter for some people. Yeah, that is interesting. For federal employees, I think they're just banned from marijuana-related stock. But I don't think there's been anything, any restrictions in terms of crypto, at least that I'm yeah. aware of. Yeah, where's the pot coin? Where's that at? <laughs> <laughs> that one's coming up soon, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but no, it might be in terms of stock, right? You can't own a company and then still be a decision maker related to contracts or something related with that country. There, there's a company there. I'm sure there's... What would you call it? Well, you uh, could still own it. They would just kind of remove you from any projects related to that. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's super interesting. And Michael, thank you so much for your time and for inviting us into the, the Novatech world. I'll put a little bit in and see. And so, yeah, thanks for bringing me under you. And, and you know, it's okay. scary, but, it, you know, don't want to miss out at the very least, you know? Yeah, the fear of missing out, right? FOMO, FOMO. <laughs> what I'm dreaming about is 3% a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on average, on average. I guess that's on average, yeah, still. And it could be zero for maybe even all the weeks. Who knows? But, yeah, who knows? But right. I, I guess currently what, are at negative. So. Yeah, I guess what I like is that you know, you hear about, oh, these volatile days of Bitcoin or whatever. And I think that the trades actually make more money on the high volatility. I, I think that there's the wilder it gets, the better I think this may be working. It's probably, man, that is out there if you think about that. But anyway, thanks guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Great talking thank with you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All right. We'll yeah, keep in touch. Appreciate Take care. Time. Okay. Thank Take you. Care. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It's a big step to realize that there's a whole world of opportunity out there for you. And then you've already started to dive into your education, which is required to be able to navigate the world beyond the stock market. But the next step is to take action. So if you want a chance to invest with me and my team, 
Sign up for our investor club at legatoinvest.com slash invest. We'll schedule a call with you, get to know you, your background, and your investment objectives. And if there's a good fit, we'll start to present you with live opportunities to invest in multifamily apartment deals. So again, legatoinvest.com slash invest. Thanks again.